Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my friend, Steve Demi, and we are talking about family discipleship, family worship. This is kind of our kickoff teaser to our family series that we are gonna launch in January of 2023. Guys, it's almost the end of the year and no better time to be thinking about how you're going to maybe make some changes. You know, it's the end of the year. Everyone always has those New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's diet, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's changing up your homeschool in one way or another. But I certainly hope that if you have not yet been doing your family devotions, family worship time with your kids, with your whole family intact as much as you can, I hope and pray that this will be one of your New Year's resolutions and that you will really commit to doing this. Because as Steve said earlier, this is the most important part of the day. It is more important than math. It's more important than English. It's more important than diagramming sentences, which I don't do with my kids anyway. Never have, never will. Anyway, but some people think that's important. And if you do that, keep doing it because for some people it's fun. Just like for some people, math is fun. Like Steve, he likes math. But none of that stuff matters if you're not spending time in God's word every single day and helping your children to grow in their knowledge and understanding of God's Word. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But before we do, I want to say thank you to CTC Math for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, go to ctcmath.com. You can try them out for free, ctcmath.com. All right, Steve, um, you told me during one of the breaks that you have learned a whole lot of something in the last 10 years, more so than you learned in the 40 years past. Talk to us about this. What has the Lord shown you over the past decade that you wish you would have learned previous to that? Okay. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> so um, I was in Alaska in, I think it was 2011, and I spoke on family worship, and I quoted Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven, which I've already said, you shall teach your mm -hmm. children diligently. And uh, I took that half of the verse to mean I shall teach them the word of God diligently. And then you shall talk of them, meaning God's word, when you sit in your house, walk by the way, rise up, lie down. And after I was done, a mom came up to me. And she said, how come you always leave out the two previous verses? I said, I don't know. She says, you guys all come up here and you talk about having family worship, but you guys always leave out the two previous verses. I said, I don't know, but first opportunity I get, I'm going to read it. So I opened up my Bible and I looked, and here's what verse, it actually starts in the fourth verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, right? Mm -hmm. Fourth verse. Fifth verse. And you notice I'm not reading anything here. I've got these you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the exact verse that Jesus quotes in Matthew 22 when he was asked, what's the first and great commandment? Yeah. Then it says in the sixth verse, and these words, which I'm commanding you this day, shall be on your heart. Mm -hmm. And as I read those words, this light bulb went off. And I went, oh, before I can teach my children God's word, I have to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's yeah. the parent. That's the teacher. And I have to love his word and have it on my heart. And, you know, in scripture, when something's on your heart, that's your innermost being. That means it is the most important thing. So the two things that God's asking is for his teachers to love him and love the word. Now, if somebody like myself 
just assumes those things, which is what I did, um, and teaches them, it went okay. But still, as I look back, I realize what God is saying is you need to invest in your relationship with me first yeah. before you can pass it on to your children. Because children know when you're doing something out of a sense of duty and when you really love the Bible. I mean, I love the Bible, but I, I remember when I didn't. I remember when I had joined this church and I noticed that everybody was reading their Bible every day and I picked up a Bible reading chart and I started following it. But I was just doing it because I'm supposed to do it. And then I started reading like in the Psalms and David said, oh, this is as dramatic as I get. Oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 119, 97. Or Psalm 19, he talks about your word is better than gold and all these things. And I went, boy, David really liked the Bible. And I don't, not to the same degree. And then I ran across this verse in 2 Thessalonians 2 that says, they received not the love of the truth. And I looked at that language and I said, receive, that sounds like a gift. That sounds like something I can ask for, like grace. So I stopped and I prayed and I said, Father, help me to love the truth. And you know what? He did. Wow. And then when this lady pointed that out to me, I thought, okay, I love the truth. I wonder if I love God or if I'm an Ephesian. You know what it says in Revelation 2, those people that had lost their first love, they were still doing everything wonderfully correct, but they had missed the boat on that. They had lost their first love. And I started asking God, I said, Father, help me to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. I'm starting to tear up here. But you know what? It was only this last year that God told me, he says, Steve, it was at that point that you opened the door. Now, you know what it says in the church of Laodicea? He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in to him and we will go deeper. Mm. In 2012, that's when I apparently opened the door and God moved in and I had the hardest year of my life, which ended up being the best year of my life. And my dad and I are in the best place we've ever been. But there's a point where God wants us to really develop our own relationship with God and invest in that first mm -hmm. before we start pouring into our kids. So yeah. that, that, that to me is something that I'm, I may rewrite the family worship book and add one chapter and say, assess your own spiritual condition yeah. before you embark on this project or while you're embarking on the project, you know, just learn along with your kids. But yeah. yeah. Wow. So powerful. Such good stuff. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents. This is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. 
designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview. Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. No one affects your child's education more than you do. Even though others may provide the courses and the supplies you need, you have the most say regarding the quality of your student's learning experience. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. The people at BJU Press do everything they can to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to speak with an experienced homeschool consultant. We are back with Steve. Um, We talked a lot about hymns and, uh, you know, I grew up in a church that didn't sing hymns. it, it seemed that as I was growing up, the worship was more about the worshiper and not so much about the one being worshiped. And it's like I said, I think I said this on Monday's episode. I don't know. Maybe I said this to you before we started recording, but it's been only in the past few years that I've really started to fall in love with hymns because they're so rich and they really, they talk about the attributes of God. They're worshipful. They talk to God. And it's truly worshiping God for who he is. And my eyes have just been opened up to the beauty of singing him. So talk to us a little bit about why that is an important part of our family worship time. I had the opportunity to know Elizabeth Elliot. Oh yeah. Did you know that? I I actually have met her one time. I Um, lived with her for a year. Wow. I did not live with her. I met her for like three minutes. (laughs) Well, I lived at her home. I was one of two men that boarded with her and we would do chores. It was after her second husband had died of cancer. For those who do not know who she was, in 1956, her husband with four other men were seeking to take the gospel to the Waldani in Ecuador. And all five men died spears. The Waldani killed them. And she wrote a book called Through Gates of Splendor. And she wrote bunch of other books, Elizabeth Elliot. But she told me it was phrases from hymns that she learned as a child that carried her through her darkest days. So in the introduction to the hymn book that you have, that I'm reading from, I'll just read this one paragraph. She said, hymns will get you through the night. In January of 1956, when five women were waiting with bated breath to find out whether our husbands were dead or alive, I lay in bed in Nate Saint's home my little daughter Valerie, sick in a crib beside me. The hymn, How Firm a Foundation, with those magnificent words taken from Isaiah 43, sustained me, especially stanzas 2, 3, and 6, memorized when I was a child in our daily family prayer time. So what she told me was, when she was growing up, her family would read one chapter of Scripture a day and sing one hymn before they went off to school. And I know their mother... She also, I got to know her while I was living there. She was a pianist. I think her her dad may have been one as well. But I could believe that they went through an entire hymn book because they were a very disciplined, structured family. But those hymns, that those seeds that were planted as a child are what carried her through her darkest days. You want me to sing you this first verse? I am just sure. kidding. <laughs> but here's the words. 
Fear not, I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee, thy trials to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. In my own devotions, I sing hymns, sometimes twice a day, sometimes more. And I am still memorizing hymns because when I go on my prayer walks, it just clears the air. It is wonderful to proclaim and to worship God. And I agree with you. I like songs like, Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing his power. And see, my focus is on him. Yeah, yeah. Not, not on, yeah. And our maker, redeemer, our friend. I mean, it just, it's deep stuff, but it, it inspires me and it's powerful stuff. So yeah, I love hymns, but I wanted to learn them with our family because when we would go on trips, at one point we had memorized nine hymns and we could sit in the car and we could sing for 45 minutes without repeating ourselves. And this was a lot more important than only a boy named David or the wise man builds his house upon the rock. So I love that so much. And I will spare our listeners. I will not sing for you. <laughs> but what we do, what I do with my girls is I will either play, which our listeners know, I love Shane and Shane. I love their hymn album. Um, it is probably my favorite album. As a matter of fact, sometimes my girls are like, mom, do we have to listen to this again? Um, but I love it. And um, and so we listen to that a lot of times. But sometimes I will honestly, like I'll find a hymn that I want to read. And oftentimes it's something out of your book, but I'm not about to sing it to my girls. Um, and so I'll find it on maybe YouTube or Amazon Music or you know Spotify or something like that. I'll search for the specific hymn that I'm looking for and I will just play it and we'll listen to it. And sometimes we'll kind of sing along, you know, I'll, I'll sing under <laughs> the the person who's actually singing well. Um, but it is such a beautiful way to just start out your homeschool day um, with worship or end your homeschool day with worship and just singing praises to the Lord because he is worthy. He is Amen. worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our, you know, just awe of him, you know, as we look at who he is as our father, um, just recognizing the power of God and his omniscience and his omnipotence and his omnipresence and who, who he really is. Um, you know, oftentimes it's so interesting, Garrett, he, he worked in the Hollywood film industry and people often are like, Oh, did you meet any big stars? And people are so starstruck by Hollywood and by actors and by singers and all these people. And, you know, if you stood in front of them, if you came face to face with them, you know, on the streets, you would just probably be somewhat speechless. You wouldn't just walk up to them and be like, hey, yo, what's going on? You know, you would for a moment just pause and go, whoa, that's so-and-so. We should be doing that with God because he's so much bigger than any of those people, right? And we should Amen. stand in the presence of God and we should stand in awe of who he is as our creator and our savior. And um, and and there's there's nothing better. I want to close with this um, as we've been talking about the importance of reading God's word. One, we, we've talked a little bit, and actually um, we didn't talk too much, but about scripture memory. And you've talked about memorizing scripture on your own and with your kids. It's something that we've done with our kids quite a lot. And one of the passages that we've memorized, and I'm, I'm going to read this section of it because I'm horrible at memorizing, though I've memorized a lot. 
Um, but this is Ephesians 6, and it's verse we've we've memorized verses 1 through 20 um, with our kids, but this is verses 16 and 17, and it says this. It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's what it's all about. It's taking the Word of God, holding it up as our shield and saying, not today, Satan. You see those t-shirts that people wear, you know, not today, Satan, not tomorrow, not ever, not with my family. We are going to hold up this shield of faith by studying and learning and reading the Word of God and worshiping the God who made us on purpose and for a purpose. And so, Steve, thank you um, for helping us. We're on a battlefield with our kids, and this battle is fierce, and it's not going to ease up anytime soon. And so we've got to train up our children to be warriors um, in this battle that we are in. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to do it. I'm not even going to say there's no better way to do it. There's no other way to do it than to read scripture with them, study the word of God, uh, learn who he is Amen. And, uh, and worship him. So any, any closing thoughts? Psalm 149.6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. So you've got the oh. word of God and the worship of God coming together. That's a very powerful verse to me. Can I can Amen. I pray for us in closing? Absolutely. I would love that. Father, I know there's lots of people that um, are on different parts of their journey when it comes to teaching the Word of God to their kids. And some have been at it for a long time, and we could be learning from them. Others are just getting their feet wet, and others are just contemplating it. But right where we are, each one of us, encourage us deliver us from condemnation and feeling like we're not measuring up. That's from the pit. You said there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you, dear Savior, will come alongside of us, give us the tools that we need, give us the oomph that we need, and help it to work together so that our families are in the Word of God and worshipers of God himself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Tell us again, Steve, where people can find all things Steve Demi. <laughs> Buildingfaithfamilies.org. All right. We will put that link in the show notes. And again, you guys, you can get this book, Family Worship. You can download the PDF for free. You can listen to the audio version of it, or you can purchase the book and help support the Building Faith Families ministry that Steve is, um, that he has started and God is using him in big ways to help equip us as parents. Um, and again, make sure, you know, we've got some great episodes coming up through the rest of this year. And then in January, we're going to um, kick off the, we're, we're not kicking it off the first couple of weeks, but in January, we're going to kick off the Schoolhouse Rocked Family Series. And we're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about marriage and parenting and sibling relationships and grandparents. And let me tell you, I'm going to just give you some information real quick. I just recorded with Josh Mulvihill about grandparents and the importance of grandparents in the lives of their kids. And this topic that we're talking about right now is so important when it comes to grandparents. And so I don't want you to look at that one and go, oh, wait, I'm not a grandparent. I don't need to listen to this. No, no, no. You do need to listen to it because it's so important. The role that your parents play in the lives of your kids, but also you preparing to be a grandparent one day. I know Steve is a grandparent, right? How many grandkids do you have? Before I forget, yeah, I, I do have a podcast myself. Oh, yeah. Three, over 300 episodes, but numbers 30 through 37. If you go on my website, you can find it. Or you can look at Spotify and all those places. Uh, 30 to 37, we're on family worship. 
this okay. topic expanded over Love seven it. podcasts. But I do have, by God's grace, six grandchildren. And four of them, you didn't know this, but in June, my son who was fostering four of them, they adopted them officially in June. Wow. So we now have six and I love them to pieces and they think Papa's the best thing since sliced manna. So that's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> since sliced manna. Oh, good golly. <laughs> so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, um, thank you again, Steve, for joining us. We'll put, put all the links in the show notes so you guys don't have to go searching for them. Um, have a blessed rest of your week and we will see you guys back here next week with another fantastic guest. Bye. Bye.